The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're the What it is, what it do, welcome to the One Fall Podcast, Joshua Adam, William Iron, that with the all to my baby face, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? Good to have you, Joel. Joel back from the wisdom teeth and hopefully we'll add some wisdom. And the futurist, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Martin. Say it the same way that uh, Juice Robinson rock hard. Juice <laughs> Robinson. Say it the same way there. Okay. Mm, it's for the futurist. Martin. Yeah. The futurist. Martin. I love Better? it. Yeah. There you go. So we are back here with uh, the One Fall Pod. Uh, last week, as I mentioned at the top there, Joel. Still recovering from wisdom, uh, T. So happy to have Joel back here. It is a busy week here at the uh, end of July. Exaggeration, mightn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, man, this is one of the busiest weeks we've had this year for wrestling in the first place. Has just been mental. I was going over our year in review for the predictions we had, and I was like, even if I gave you some of the predictions for this year, no one would have guessed half of these, right? Uh, and here we are now. We're over the halfway mark. It's probably this is going to be one of the busiest weeks of the year. We have a great UFC card coming up with Pena uh, having a title match. And we'll maybe get into that at the end there. But it's a great UFC night. SummerSlam also takes place on the Saturday. So WWE going against head to head against the UFC again on a Saturday. And then a great card on Sunday with a questionable person in the main event leading it. And we'll talk about that. And uh, let's get to the root, though, of everything that's the, been the biggest news here. We'll start with the WWE. We won't get to SummerSlam, SummerFest, or the Fest, as Martin likes to call it, uh, until afterwards. Uh, Joel, last week, Martin and I, you know, we talked about the, the SmackDown and everything that happened there. And with Vince, some more news that came out of Vince. Everyone kind of knows now Martin's and I opinion and thoughts of the whole Vince McMahon saga, I think everyone's got the talk on about it now. Bischoff had his whole podcast talking about it and whatnot, um, and everybody else did. But Joel, just kind of uh, your thoughts now uh, of the whole situation as we record this on a Wednesday at 8.37 Mountain Time. Uh, a no, uh, a, a well-known sex pest is out of a position of power. And kind of you kind of boil it down simply to that. Vince is out. Uh, it's very shocking. I didn't think this, I thought it didn't matter what came out that Vince was never going to cave, but apparently when uh, you potentially use business funds to pay off, uh, pay off women, that's, that's the line, the moral line that the company will draw once money's involved in it and, jetted, and jettisoned him out. It's, it's very surreal still, even now, less than a week removed from it that Vince is no longer in a position of power, or at least that's what we're told. Uh, I, I'm, like I said, like I said to Josh off air, when I was able to talk, 
I'm going to give it six months to see where all this goes. I don't think Vince is ever coming back. Mm. <laughs> but because it seems like things, but then again, it's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Just I think the- he'll be back as an on-air character. Interesting. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I gotta say, it's I. You and I were speculating last week that he'd be calling the shots behind the scenes. Yeah, or that he'd be MSG. back within a year. Yeah. Um, I I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure now. He's not coming back at all. Uh, in, in a position of power. Oh, which is he's not calling things behind the scenes either like it's yeah like the the latest news to come out and just kind of where things sit the guy's not coming back he's done as a character that's a whole other thing yeah i just Uh, go ahead joel it's it's gonna be it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next little bit uh just in terms of what happens with wwe but vince is gone and just the way he left to me is still very weird because this is a man that needs to pump in circumstances. He's a narcissist. He's very clearly a narcissist. And like you look at everything, like it's funny, the parallels between what's going on with Donald Trump and what's going on with Vince McMahon. And they're, those are two buddies that are kind of going through something similar right now. Then maybe they can have group therapy together about all of this. But just the fact that he left based on a tweet it was it was very weird. I I still didn't like what Stephanie did at the start of SmackDown. I understand the emotions and everything, but I would not have mentioned Vince at all because you don't know what else is going to potentially come down the pipe. Best to probably leave that one alone. So I I understand from emotional side, there there is that. That's my father. But on another side, I don't think I would have mentioned Vince McMahon's name, uh, and I don't think I would mention Vince for quite a while. I think I would be like. Vince is gone. We're moving forward. And it's going to be very interesting because it, I correct me if I'm wrong, but there is still more of an, the, the investigation by the company is not complete, correct? It's not, no. It's not, so, no. By the I, way, I, I hope they get, I hope Trump and him get uh, the counseling from Dr. Shelby. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, yeah, that would, they, they can hug it out. Both of them seem to like a hug. So, it was, uh, yeah, I'm just, it's, I'm very curious. I've still not jumped into the WWE water yet. I'm still not like, well, now I can watch and everything's going to be grand because any change is going to take time. It's going to take time to get to a good spot. And there are still people within the company that's still very much part of that old boys club, very much tied in with Vince's way of thinking, whether they start to branch off on their own and decide, well, I want to survive, so now I will adapt to what Hunter wants. It's it's going to be very interesting how the company flows in the next six months. And maybe I'll jump back into watching more WWE, but it's not it's still not something high on my list of like, I got to tune in for three hours on Monday, two hours on Wednesday, and then two hours on Friday. Like I'm, I'm still not made that leap over. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see who, how the rosters shake down because I think there is definitely some positive. It, you definitely feel that Vince leaving was the best thing for WWE. But my other, the other caveat with all this is where does this put this company in position for a potential sale? Because that's still been long rumored. And that's where as the stock jo- went up. And 
as Josh revealed to me that Meltzer had talked that there were two names apparently floating around that were interested in buying WWE. Mm-hmm. And have you have you guys talked about that yet, Morton? Do you know the two names? We haven't. I recall one of them being, I believe it was Universal and Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Those are the names I heard. Uh, and the other name, this is from Josh, then circles back to the Observer, was uh, it, last name Khan. Shad, uh, Shad Khan, the technical owner of AEW. Not Shad. Yeah, I heard. I heard that Tony was Khan. just. Yeah, Tony Khan. I heard that was just somebody saying, "Could he afford it?" And it, and it, then the rumor spread out of control. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. That's that's good to correct that one because yeah, I don't. I, that's what I heard. Is I, that, uh, I'm just. This is what Meltzer Meltzer said that the two he had heard was Dwayne and Nick Khan as a partner because Dwayne Dwayne can't afford it by himself. No, Dwayne would need partners. Or yeah. Universal. Those are the names I think yeah, that... Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, Tony I could I, afford it by himself. Uh, and I really wouldn't want the cons to buy WWE. I don't need another monopoly. The best thing in the world is to have two strong companies in North America. So I I would be all for Universal, Rock, somewhat, someone else buying it. And uh, I'd be very curious to see if they'd keep the same people in position, what what type of things would... It, this is a very wide open situation with Vince's departure, because this is a person I thought that would die in the chair. I thought as uh, after the two Wall Street articles came out and the reports that Vince was like, fuck him, he didn't care, he was business as usual, I thought, well, Vince is just going to ride this out. Vince is going to ride this out, he's going to keep doing his thing. He's going to step down from CEO and Stephanie will be in the interim spot, but Vince will be calling all the shots. Whatever changed his mind that led to his retirement, I'd be very curious to find out what it was that made Vince essentially bend a knee. And Vince has never bent a knee before. So for him to actually bend a knee now, I'm very curious. But it's 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 a new day for WWE and we'll see what it goes. I'm... If, if what the allegations against Vince are true, then it's it's the best thing in the world for that culture for WWE to have purged themselves of uh, Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis as well. Uh, my only thing with the Vince thing is anyone to say that he is never going to be back. Uh, I think they're kind of delusional just because they said the same thing about Hogan. They said the same thing about Flair, and this company has an award named after arguably the most despicable man in the history of professional wrestling to honor decent human beings when he was far from one. I don't think Alberto Del Rio has an award there. <laughs> I'm talking about Warrior, but yeah. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking about Warrior, who is a fucking irrehensible human being. Hogan's done disgusting things. Flair, it took seven months, six months. I think you're. I think you're thinking it's the behavior. Yeah. Is is what he did is about equivalent to what Flair did, about equivalent to what Warrior did, about equivalent, and they all came back. But it's mm-hmm. not about the behavior this time. It's, it's about the, the fact side. that I it's, get it. it's the company side. It's the it's the exactly. I mean, it's not Vince McMahon saying it's been long enough. We can bring him back anymore. It's the board of directors going. He screwed us. He spent. Twelve million dollars, not an insignificant amount of money, on 14, what he called a personal. Pardon me. It was 14. fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Okay, fourteen. Even more, not an insignificant amount of money 
on what he um, deemed, uh, deemed to be a personal expense that he had no right to make. And this is, that's it. it it's, it's, that's why he's never coming back to power. Like Power, like I would agree says, with. Yeah. But he, to say that this man will be in the Hall of Fame or anything like that, I have a hard time believing all that. The Hall of Fame is super interesting. I hadn't yeah. considered that. Yeah, I, uh, I, He always said he didn't want to be in. I know, but now he'll want that attention. He'll want his flowers. And it goes back to the thank you, Vince Chance, led by Stephanie. And yeah. the fact the crowd started it on their own. As well, well. It, we should have seen this coming from a mile away after the Titus thing, right? Because the Titus thing yeah. was probably the weirdest thing I've seen. And that's saying a lot. was probably the weirdest thing in wrestling I've seen maybe ever. It was just, it was just really, really bizarre. Uh, how they started it and poor Titus now has been Joel saw firsthand dragged in front of Hogan to be like hey Hogan's a good guy look he's, he's with an African-American guy like yeah you know he's hosted they're good they're dressed as pirates isn't this fun um oh I guess you just see Titus and him that year you saw when he came out of New York Joel but um still like they they did poor Titus with that and then they put Titus in that he's the goodwill ambassador but they stuck him with two bullshit things and then you know, obviously Friday, I will give them, it's hard, but I, I give them somewhat of a pass. It's an emotional situation, you know, from a daughter and whatnot in that situation. The fans, I think, you know, I had a few buddies that actually were at that show that night and they said the whole fans, you know, when you get into the show, you're in kind of the idea of being part of a show, right? So you're kind of like, oh, I'm thinking of the character of Vince McMahon. I'm not thinking of the person you kind of, get caught up in the atmosphere of everything i'm not trying to make excuses for people and i don't think you know that obviously that segment won't age terrifically uh with you know whatever next comes out for vince and everything like that but i do think it was just it was just a weird time for everyone and then even hearing people talk about him afterwards you know i you've heard a lot of people like conrad this week saying uh people aren't all good and not all bad and we have to look at Still the historic side. And you and I talked about that, Martin, right? They like, there's still a historic side that we have to talk about. You don't want to give this guy his flowers, but there still is a historic side to everything that's going to go on here that, you know, will, you know, be talked about still. So the whole thing is really, really. I think really, the way we put it, Josh, was, yeah. I believe it was, we can acknowledge a person's accomplishments Bingo. without acknowledging, without, without failing to acknowledge the kind of human being he is. And that I think that's kind of what Bischoff said that. too. That's kind of what Bischoff was it, saying on the Conrad pod. This, the way it ended for Vince is always going to be tied with everything that he did. Everything from what he did with WrestleMania, what he did with the McMahon character. It'll always be, this happened. He was a really good heel. He put this show together. He did this. He built this angle. But at the end of the day, you're always going to circle back to, but he made a lot of people really uncomfortable backstage and put female talent in compromising positions. Not even like just that. female talent, Joel. I mean, if you look at the way he behaved to announcers, as an example, the way yeah. he would yell at them in the headset, in any corporate environment, that's not acceptable. Nope. It, it is it's what led to Mick Foley going it. to TNA. That's why Mick Foley went to TNA. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it, it's unacceptable behavior to behave that abusively. I mean, Renee, Renee talked about it as well. 
you know, when she left, she talked about how she was yelled at in the headset and how she said, I'm a grown woman. I don't need this. Yeah. Like, and that's the, I think we're going to start because a lot of people didn't really want to shit on Vince and didn't want to bring up a lot of gripes, but now he's out of a position of power and Vince is probably at his lowest he's ever been. I think we're going to hear more stories about shit that Vince pulled behind the scenes. Like, I mean, we even, you could go, you could go through like how he handled the Montreal screw job, like just any other corporate entity, none of this would have happened, but because it's pro wrestling and because pro wrestling is almost that redheaded stepchild, you kind of go, ah, it's okay. This is, this is fun. This is how it's supposed to behave. And now I think, I think there'll be some chickens that come to roost which is okay with me because as more comes out, then it just, hopefully the one thing I hope for is everything that has come out. That's been like, Oh, that's, that's not good at all. That should never have happened. Hopefully the culture within WWE shifts to a point that is, is good and healthy for all these performers. That's the, know, that's my hope. It's, it's interesting because I believe in the time I've been watching WWE, which is uh, forever. Um, I think he's taken one two-week vacation that I know of. Uh, and so this trial? week, pardon me? Was it the steroids trial? Well, no, the steroids trial was something else. But even steroids trial, he was backstage still running things during that trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had the company ready if he went to jail, and he would have if somebody hadn't screwed up and uh, leaked some information to, to Linda. Um, but he... Uh, he was still running it. He had the company ready to give over to Jerry Jarrett creatively. Yeah. And then yeah. he would he would be like a mob boss, still calling the shots from prison, mind you, to a degree. But well, uh, and- the day-to-day would have been Jerry Jarrett. So, so I mean, again, though, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can think of one two-week vacation. I wonder what the hell he's doing with himself this week. He's, he's, he's a workaholic. Yeah. He works 80 hours a week. He, he takes calls at two in the morning. He makes calls at three in did the morning. Did actually sleep eight hours? He's like, wow, oh, what is never this? Did. <laughs> that's, that sleeping eight hours shows weakness. Yeah. Um, you know, he was about four hours a night guy. Uh, it, I, I mean, I know he's working out, but other than that, I, I am so curious. Well, What's Jericho, this guy doing with his time? He doesn't know Jericho, what to do with free time. Yeah, because Jericho, he had a conversation with him when Jericho left, right? And Jericho was saying, he, he went to me, he's like, sometimes I wish I could just know what that felt like. Oh, Vince, now you know. <laughs> now you know. It's, it's definitely going to be really interesting now. Yeah, because it is going to be the question. What does Vince do with his spare time? Well, he can't buy a company. He can't run a company. Like, he failed with the XFL twice. The, the XFL thing, the whole way, like, he had to set, you know, like, it killed him to settle that lawsuit with all of the luck. But the only reason he did that is because it was one less thing to have to deal with. If not, he would have gone to court with Oliver Locke. But he's like, I have, his lawyers probably told him, like, you cannot have multiple things going on right now. Just settle. So something that he was ready to go to court before these allegations started with Oliver Locke. Then all of a sudden these allegations happened, 48 hours, he just settled. Because it was the one less thing to have to worry about with, with going to court and everything like that. And you know that killed him that he had to settle for that. He's this Vince McMahon is incredibly competitive and yeah. he loves a good fight. He mm-hmm. loves a fight. 
So the fact that he had to give up without that fight says a lot. Yep. And it, this is probably the most miserable Vince has ever been in his existence. It's probably right now because he probably planned on dying in the chair in Gorilla. Of course he did. Of course he did. So he that's, told Bischoff that's he told this of that. He's like, like, and he's 77, so we figured Vince was going to live forever. So he's got he's got to find some new hobbies. And he's it, it's going to be interesting to see what comes more from the Wall Street Journal stuff. Is there more that has been discovered that is going to be more damning for Vince? And is what 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 at, at what point does WWE go, okay, we can bring Vince as an on-screen character? And how do the fans respond if there's more stuff? Like what there's a lot like I don't think see, I mean at this point the fans are gonna cheer anything if you make yes. them. It's I, I, I mean people cheer Donald except Trump. Except for Logan Paul. <laughs> I mean that they won't cheer. People cheered Donald Trump when he said he could take yeah. a report and cheer. They will cheer so. for anything except for Logan Paul. Yes, they will literally cheer for anything. I, 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 this sounds like it's off topic, but it's not. Yeah. Just because of what you guys are talking about here. Uh, have you guys, any of you watched the latest Dave Chappelle um, special, yeah. the one that's yeah. like 40 minutes or whatever? Yeah, I've watched him in front of his. He talks on there about the psychology of basically mob mentality. Mm-hmm. and and talking about mob mentality and how he can use that as, as part of his art and how other people use it and there is a mob mentality i mean yep. you can you when you say people cheer this person this person it's very easy i mean that's it's human nature if somebody else is doing it and other somebody's your left and somebody's your right do it for you to do it as well yeah and i, I think there was a lot of what we see when we see the thank you vince chance and and these different things is i think a lot of it is just that mob mentality well we we saw that at the end of the uh the season with the boys with homelander where it took one person to cheer homelander i i don't know am i spoiling the boys for you at all morton nah, don't worry about it i've read the comic already i'd i'd say the show is better than the comic but i digress and different but yeah uh homelander zaps uh zaps a protester that throws something at uh a liberal protester let's say yeah a liberal protester he did homelander's definitely taking the place of what donald trump would be and all it took was uh the guy from the lotto 649 commercials here in canada to start cheering and then it just spread like wildfire and everyone was cheering homelander zapping this guy and basically committing murder in front of everyone Mm -hmm. so it is that absolutely it takes just one person to be like yeah this is okay and i like this and then everyone else starts cheering so it it is very much the same thing it was really interesting the wrestlemania i was at when hogan came out because you could see people all standing up cheering and i was like no no but there were a few people that turned their backs on hogan i will never forget that there were a few people that turned their backs and would not acknowledge Hulk Hogan on the stage. I just sat there quietly, but you could see it where one person started jumping up to cheer and that led to more people jumping up to cheer Hulk. Because when Hulk you heard that music, you're, you're so used to it, right? You're so, yeah. That music is your childhood for a lot of people. It's infectious. But then again, you know, any more mentality you have, they're still not going to cheer for Logan Paul. No, but that, that that's because everybody is... It's the mob mentality oh, of booing for him. I think we lost Martin. It's Martin. I no, got I'm, I'm here. 
I've lost both of you. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, I don't, I don't we'll know what to on. say about that, but it's the it's the mob mentality still of yeah. booing somebody. It's still just it's just a reverse of cheering. They're going yeah. to boo this guy, you know, because he's just insanely unlikable. Oh yeah, he's yeah. You you see Logan Paul's face, and it's like, oh, this is the Paul brothers have a very punchable face. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that pro that feud in a bit. Uh, but yeah, so uh, before I move on to the whole the next thing, Joel, I think you got everything out of the way for the Vince side for your yep. your thoughts. Okay. Yep. Uh, so now we know now for creative. So the hierarchy in WWE, it's a little something like this: the chairman of the company is Stephanie McMahon. The CEO is shared between Stephanie and Nick Khan. Head of live events, Andy Great, Double J Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett is the head of live events. Uh, and then your talent relations is Paul Levesque, and your head of creative is Paul Levesque. Bruce Pritchard has now been taken off of talent relations and taken off of creative. He is a writer, and that is it. John Laurinaitis is gone, and it sounds from all things that we're hearing that SummerSlam may be Kevin Dunn's last show. If not, he will be gone by the end of the year, so we don't have to see boom, 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 50 fucking cuts in a row anymore thank <laughs> the lord uh, and it sounds like jeremy borash and his staff will probably be promoted uh to the front there and uh sounds like chris parks will be having an enhanced role so impact is really coming up great in the back just get scott demore to get back there as a writer at this point seriously um, uh, so if scott demore put him in charge of one of the shows i'd be very happy yeah uh so yeah, and then they had a talent tryout today in uh, Nashville for SummerSlam weekend. Paul Heyman was one of the one there for the guests. I think Borash was there as well. And uh, the important thing to know about today was that not only did they try out their athlete model that they have been preaching, because that is a Nick Khan model, so they're obviously going to stay with that. They did look and try out independent wrestlers. So that is now gone. So they will be trying out independent wrestlers once again. And so, I mean, if you're, we'll talk about him, I'm sure in a bit, but if you're a guy like Johnny Gargano, man, did you time your free agency very, very well, because now you have a bidding war for you. And apparently they offered, uh, the previous offer for Gargano was a million dollars. Well, and did you hear what happened to Kevin Steen? So he wanted to go to AEW and they wouldn't match the WWE contract. So this notion that Tony will just sign all WWE talent is not correct. No. No, he, there is a budget. There is, there are certain talent that I think he will be willing to pay more for. Like, I think uh, he How revealed Kevin today. Steen not one of those. I think it may be his age. Maybe his age. Maybe. I don't think it's his age. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's probably just the timing in that he hadn't been able to cull some of the contracts at the time that he's yeah. now been able to get off the books. So now he has money to sign people again because he's gotten some people off the books, the Marco Stunt and these different people. They were making six figures a year, you know, and he wasn't pretty using much the dark order. The time, pretty much the dark order, whereas at the time of uh, Kevin Steen, these guys were still on the books. A lot of these, a lot of the Allen Angels and the, mm -hmm. these different people were still on the books, so. Yeah. And I, like, my, my thing is with it is, like, they revealed today that Cole signed till 2027, and I In think... Black. As is black, so those are and two the people. rumor. And sorry, Joel, the rumor is Cole would have stayed in. This is from Meltzer uh, that Cole would have signed with WWE if a Hunter or someone like that was in charge of creative. Uh, I think I think this 
this definitely changes where you're going to see talent go. This it's is great. It's this, a competitive balance. It's you're going to have the ability where someone can sign a three-year deal with AEW and then sign a three-year deal with WWE and then sign a one-year deal with WWE again and then like bounce around. There's going to be a lot more fluidity, which I think is the best thing in the world for the talent. This means they're going to get more money. This means they're going to have to. They're going to have to make a push and i mean you look at it where there were all these whispers online when it was announced that hunter was taking over it's like oh tony's dead now hunter's in charge he's gonna he's gonna book circles around tony and tony's dead and then you saw the show that dynamite put on tonight you're like oh that was a really good dynamite they had two really good matches with Rush and moxley and then they had a really good match to close out with brian and uh daniel garcia so it's just going to start to add fuel to everyone to be and a couple good angles in between by the way yeah. ricky starts women's and a bad woman's match that was so sloppy and and it's a shame because they gave them all the time in the world to, to have a good match i mean they gave them a lot of time and it was so sloppy it was it's time watch, to take the belt honestly. off Thunder Rosa. I just think she's had like three or four sloppy matches now, and I didn't you know, think it I was her think, fault. I thought it's it was not on her, her, but at some point you have to be the champion and you have to yeah, be able to carry sure. talent. And I, I think she's a great champion. She has charisma and everything like this. But this is like the third time now this has happened with Thunder Rosa. This is true. This was this was not a good match, and this is somebody she had worked with before. So, yeah. but yeah. Like, over that fantastic show you mentioned the angles and everything great i mean the jungle boy and the christian stuff a little bit confusing the luchasaurus turn but i'm gonna forgive it i'm waiting for luchasaurus to attack jungle boy still i think that's where it's going but i hope so we'll see and i think it, it feels like to me i think that's the way they're going just based on having the way they position luchasaurus behind jungle boy a few times you're like that's the perfect spot to do an attack but I don't think they want to run back-to-back angles, especially after Hobbs just murdered Ricky Starks. What a night which for is, Ricky. This is the what a night. This is, what a great... I mean, he was such a... He's such a great promo. Honestly. They and should Chris Jericho him. They should have him be Punk and Moxley in the same night. Or somebody do that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really good. If... If the chances of losing MJF have gone up, and I think they have a little bit, really, I uh, I, I think that you start sinking your chips into Ricky. Well, yeah, I, think I, that, I can't reveal my sources. One, I haven't told you this, and I can't reveal my sources because I do have sources, and Joel knows who they are, but I can't reveal my sources. No, I, I have a suspicion who they may be, but go um, ahead. But MJF has been on vacation with his girlfriend. Yeah, and is. Was told that was returning to uh, AW, but I will go now that you know what, what you're even saying, Joel. Like it's getting to that point. Like if he's not back, like Quake by the Lake, that would be my assumption where you'd return him. Jericho <laughs> loses and then he attacks Mox because I don't know who else would face Mox at the pay per view because Punk, from all signs at Comic X uh, Comic Con was not walking good still. Well, I he had to learn to rewalk completely yeah. almost, apparently. I, I'm very curious. Because, of course, then again, that could be a work. The guys have born work. Could be, could be. See, and that's my thing. That's the thing with Punk where 
he says he has to relearn how to walk. I guess it depends on how the surgery went. Tony said he's making uh, uh, good progress in the presser, uh, the uh, post-media scrum. He said uh, he didn't want to... He basically said, I don't want to scoop Punk at all. I don't know what Punk said. So is this an ROH say, show? Yeah, this was the ROH one. And mm-hmm. said that Punk was doing well in his progression. So now... I'm guessing they're waiting on a very definitive, clear picture on Punk. That's what I think is hinging for for Max's return. For all we know, Max could be at Grand Slam, which I would be <laughs> very okay. Which, which uh, I'd be I, very. I do want to say, uh, while Triple H does have a history of pushing Cole, Champa, Gargano, and guys that are smaller pushing them at NXT, which is designed to compete with ROH at the time, and pushing them in the main roster, which is designed to be mainstream crossover and, and, and be this worldwide product. Having the confidence that he'll do that is probably a little premature. Let's and see if he's willing to do that before. I'm not so convinced we're going to see those guys in a prominent position still. And I mean, the other thing is, Hunter still has to answer to Stephanie and uh, uh, Nick Khan. So it's still, he's not like the de facto, I make, it's not, he's not. Answering to Stephanie is a little weird though. I mean, I don't know how much that he answers to her. I don't think that's worded correctly there. I mean, according to like Ross and Pollock and Meltzer, like he does have the final say creatively. Really? Business, Business side, yeah, it's I, Stephanie, because my understanding is it's Nick is business. Rick has Nick, Nick Khan has nothing to do with the product. Nick is about the business. Stephanie will still handle some wrestling operations on things, but Nick Khan has nothing to do with the product. He can suggest talent that they can bring in, but as far as the creative on television, Nick Khan has nothing to do with that. He is nothing but business. See, and that's that's a little. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's I'm what he was brought in for. He wasn't brought in to. Well, my thing is the product is the performers, like the business yeah, of course. Is the performers. So it's, I'm very curious see how it's all equal part performers and booking. It, it'd yeah. be like with Paul Heyman, right? What's the thing we always said about ECW with Paul Heyman, right? If he, Paul Heyman had, let's say, a Vince McMahon or even an Eric Bischoff, right? Or, you know, Gabe Sapolsky or so, someone, or Ted Turner, that's a better example, not Bischoff. If he had a Ted yeah. Turner, right? All he needed was someone that could handle business. That's where ECW failed. The creative was always there. It just, they had no one hand to handle the business. And his business acumen was terrible. So bad, so bad. And like Tommy was, Tommy and Taz were doing better, like had a better business mind than than Paulie did. Uh, And that's kind of now where you look at the new WWE site. Stephanie obviously knows that stuff, no doubt about it. But that's what Nick Khan's there. Nick Khan did not come into this company to book a wrestling company he came into this to run this like a business oh, i wasn't but saying that gonna... was coming in to book anything i'm just saying from a business perspective he is going to look and he's going to be who's making us the most money because nick khan did make suggestion on cuts so yeah, he was paying attention but that was more product. financial right so that's i'm why wondering cut, if that's why they cut I'm, Braun and nine i'm wondering if there's going to be any butting of heads occasionally well there absolutely will be there will yeah. be I mean, they talked about, I mean, Meltzer talked about this pretty extensively that there will be power grabs. And yeah. historically, two CEOs doesn't work. No. And, you know, uh, odds are you can't have both Stephanie and Nick Khan on top permanently. Uh, at some point, somebody's got to shove somebody else out. 
at the quarter report, happen. I'm assuming that's going to be one of the most asked questions. Mm-hmm. This, this is, the next quarter report is going to be very interesting. It, it, the whole the whole layout for this structure is going. I mean, to be- just because I mean Triple H has this creative control and he's the final say. Don't think that that doesn't mean that a guy like Bruce Pritchard couldn't be sitting there and going, "I can make a power play over Triple H or within this structure." Because there's never like, been this there's opportunity be a lot of this before, going right? Up. We've never had. There's this, like, never been. Everybody was the, scared to death of Vince. Yeah, like Vince was full of yes men all around him. There, there'll be gone. there'll be people that rise up through the ranks, like we saw in WCW at times, right? There'll be some kind of Kevin mm-hmm. Ash guys, like, "Oh, Kevin's got a good mind for the business. Let's do that." And I, I think, and and Hunter too, like. But the writers just are going had a nowhere. Heart attack. The writers just, are going nowhere, though. That's, no, that's a shame. No. Well, well and that's. St- sorry, Joe. Really quickly, uh, Stephanie's the one that originally came up with written promos. That was not Vince. That was Stephanie. Joel. It's going to be really interesting to see, and that's why I've always said I need to see where they are in six months. Uh, from all accounts, from reports, Monday was written by Vince. The only yes. difference was it wasn't torn up thirty minutes before the show started. That's the yeah. only difference. There were a few little tweaks here and there. So the now in the end, it, it's going to be really interesting to see where this company is creatively in six months. Absolutely. I'll, Not well, having somebody tear up the script though, 30 minutes before you go on air is going to be like oh. heaven sent for them. And I, I will say this, as far as the business is concerned, if you have WWE stock, Josh and I were speculating how the stock was going to go down. And we were wrong because, of course, this this means that a sale is more likely to happen in people's eyes. Yeah. Sell now, sell now while it's high, because mm-hmm. it is still going to crash because it's going to be a minimum year before this company's sold. Yeah. Minimum. So it's going to go down. And if Dwayne buys it, it Dwayne won't do it until after the XFL stuff has started or done. I don't think he'll go before the XFL starts. No, definitely not. It's it's going to be very because a sale a sale is also interesting because they could clean house. So all this talk that Hunter is going to usher in this this golden era, I feel is premature. I feel like you need to almost sit and wait. If you're a WWE fan, this is a really exciting time. This is really you get to maybe see the product step it up another level, which would be great. It, having a strong uh, WWE means we can have a strong AEW, and it means wrestling is just in a really good spot. Another thing about, I mean, you can't say Triple H is necessarily going to certainly book, uh, you know, circles around Tony Khan just because he's got to book five hours a week plus pay per views. Well, once a month, if you look at the amount of uh, the amount of television you have to fill, God, that's difficult every week. Maybe NXT too. Yeah, that's true. Well, and the other thing is the the strongest NXT bookings we saw for uh, NXT at its peak was really when you could bring in new talent consistently. And the other thing is that show when we were talking about it, it being booked at its peak was an hour long. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I, I felt like the minute it went to two hours and it went live, the booking went down and that it became desperate to uh, try to basically put nails in AEW's coffin. Like there were more, like basically when they did the Gargano uh, Champa cinematic match, is the minute you saw it start. They started hot shotting. As soon as they started hot shotting, they got away from what made the fans love them. 
there so there there's a there was a lot good with nxt but i feel like it's it's really hard to compare uh that nxt this current product of wwe there's a lot of great talent there's a lot of great resources to use there's a lot of great things that can be done now moving forward i just think you've got to give it six months to see where the dust settles because there's going to be stuff behind the scenes that are going to be going on that could cause more issues than what they're worth so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this all shakes down it's and that's where i give it six months and then maybe in six months i'll be uh, again, a, a regular WWE watcher. Right now, I'm still very reluctant to jump in. And remember, too, Triple H had a life-threatening heart attack. Oh and yeah. Now he's oh. in a position of the two most, two of the most impactful sides of the business, with being in charge of talent relations and being the booker, the head of creative, like. I, you know, you, you have that six month timeline that could be all Hunter can take from a pressure situation like that. I hope, you know, obviously he put out a statement saying he's healthy and he's ready to get back to work. Uh, you know, he's got two young daughters, three young daughters, actually, I believe uh, at yeah. home still. And, you know, in some ways when Stephanie left and when he left, I'm like, cool, they will see their daughters grow up enough of this bullshit for the two of them. You know, like it is what it is, even with Shane being gone and happy for him, his son's about to go and play NCAA football this year. So good well, for him to get is, to be a part of that. One. Sorry, there. I got some wicked background noise happening all of a sudden there, that I, so I muted it for a second. Uh, I, you know, uh, I can't even recall what I was going to say. It threw me off so much here. So just go. Let's go ahead. Let's just go into. Can we just talk quickly, super quickly about ROH? I'm just wondering. Yeah. If you guys thought the Briscoe match was better this time or the one before? I like the one before, but this one was very good. Uh, it's. I, I change my opinion day to day. Uh, right now, I'd say the match on Saturday was better than the first one. Uh, just it, it it was it was an incredible match. Like the psychology that they had, that whole uh, ROH show was great. I really enjoyed the whole show from start to finish. Like they did a fantastic job, uh, and everyone worked hard. And except for uh, Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, that's that. I'm Where's very his curious. future, man. Like, because I don't see him. WWE. I don't see them. No, like, you know, he's, go he's, to Indies, he's not going not. to WWE, but he, he runs his own promotion. They will get bookings overseas. And, pardon me? They closed it down. They deleted the Twitter. Everything about Terminus is suddenly gone. Yeah, that's because he was getting a lot of backlash. I don't think that's permanent. Uh, we'll I, see if that's permanent. I don't think it is. No matter what, he'll be getting bookings overseas in places like RevPro. Yeah, you know places like that. He'll get bookings in Japan, not with New Japan necessarily, but in the different companies, Independence, GCW. Like he'll he'll get work. He won't make as much money as he as he would have made if he was in AEW slash ROH. But but he'll still make a living. But the, and the truth is, as far as I'm concerned, Tony Khan totally blew it with the guy. I mean, the guy properly booked and properly uh, promoted would have been a guy who you could have had some money matches with, maybe, maybe not a ton, but like I said, the match against Brian uh, Danielson and, uh, you know, uh, the match against uh, Zack Sabre Jr., if you could have got it as an example, a rematch even with Claudio down the road. You, you could have booked this stuff. 
So I think they blew it with him, but that doesn't mean the guy wasn't completely unprofessional. He behaved completely unprofessional on that day. Um, he was a pain in the ass, everybody says, from the beginning of the day to the end. And just because you don't like going on first and you don't like losing the title, do your job and do the honors and act like a professional. Yeah. You know? Like the um, Austin Aries I just zone. want to say, pardon me? Austin Aries zone, I put him in. Yeah, that's, that's a good comparison. And for me, uh, just to say the Briscoe-FTR uh, match, I think this was a better match. I think the psychology and the build and the everything, the, the pacing, all that was better. The other match had way more heat. So what's better to watch the match with the most heat or the match that's the best psychology match. I'm back and forth too. Like they're, they're both awesome. They're, they're the best two matches of the year anyways. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They, they, they have just, every time those two, all four of those men step in the ring, it's just, it's been magic. The last and, two times. And it's, I think it does more for like FTR already had a bunch of classic matches and, that had been seen by people in NXT and, and against the Bucks. And, and I think their legacy was kind of already, it's still building, but don't get me wrong. It was still there. I think this is a, a, a much, I mean, this pay-per-view did more buys for ROH than the MSG show did, you know? Um, the fact is that this is, uh, for the Briscoes probably, uh, cementing a legacy that 20 years of work in, virtual obscurity in ROH has not necessarily given them the chance to have this type of moment to be seen by people, even though they've had a lot of quality matches. So, I mean, I think this is really for the Briscoe's legacy as a team. I think it's not a lot. Oh, absolutely. I think the fact that this did the most buys, even surpassing that MSG show, which I do think uh, one of the small factors I would, uh, probably pin in that MSG show was it was available for free on New Japan World. Well, not for free. And I think that's where a lot of people chose to watch it. Oh, I pay $9.99 to watch ROH uh, G1 Supercard or pay for the pay-per-view. I think that may be the only thing that impacts the buys for that show. That's but uh, on the flip side, the fact that they did the best that ROH has ever done is the single best thing for Ring of Honor. Because I think that's what it was hinging on, potentially getting their own TV show, their own thing onto the side, which I think they really need. And if they can get going with that, then it's just it's just another promotion that can get rolling. And they've signed a long-term deal with ROH for the Briscoes. I'm yeah, sure the Briscoes... The thing about this, Joel, is, you know, I actually le- lent or went that night to bed thinking to myself, ROH is dead, long live ROH, the new ROH. Because the fans that we saw that were there weren't the ROH fans. It was the AEW fans. It is already an AEW product. ROH itself is dead. The legacy of the titles lives on. The matches can live on in in archives in some way. But the fan, the core fan base and what it was is dead. There's a new ROH now that's a sub company of AEW. And that's fine. Yeah, but ROH is dead. Long live the new ROH. And I, I gotta say, the pod right there. Uh, I Did you say I that's, the, the that, that's the audio clip for the pod right there? There you go. I I loved um, just the look, the pre- uh, presentation, everything that they did with this ROH. It just works beautifully. It feels clean. 
but it still feels like a smaller promotion. It doesn't feel like it's like GCW level production. It feels a step above that and it has a nice look to it. Uh, and I thought overall, everything that they did just worked. And I even thought the zero hour, like the uh, the pre-show that they did was good and had a lot of good matches and had a lot of good things. Like there's Willow. a lot. They had, they had a lot of positives going for uh like commentary everything just clicks the commentary was awesome so and rigaponi and especially caprice coleman the psychology coleman laid down awesome in, in that main event oh my god his the psychology he was putting out there as a as a color commentator was just unreal so good my only disappointment is that deep didn't win i wanted deep to win I thought Deep should have won. I thought that she was the two. Only... I said it was. It didn't have much heat, but it was a good match. Just because I think right now for me, she's probably my woman's wrestler of the year right now, and I just want it to be amplified with a title. Yeah, I can see that. She's just been. She's been really good in everything she did. I thought she should have beat Thunder Rosa. Then I thought she should have beat more. Martinez here, but you know, Martinez a long veteran. She deserves this as well. I, this is the hard thing with that was the great thing about that match. It's like these are two women that have been in this industry for 20 plus years and have never like Serena had to go through all the bullshit she had to in WWE. And they put her to the side and made her a trainer. And here she is, and whatever year she is now from doing the the everything she did in WWE, getting fired for bullshit reasons, then coming back in the May Young, then just you know, becoming a trainer and here she is being one of the top women's wrestlers in the world. And same with Martinez, not really getting the break in NXT and just another person that goes to Robert Stone and then doesn't really do much. I had a Rumble debut, but she's been bouncing all around. So you couldn't be happier for two out of this whole card. There was so much good stuff, but I was really happy for both those women because they have bounced around this industry and really got a moment to show how great both of them are. Oh yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Well, we should get onto the previews though, because we're already... Let's, going for a while okay. I mean, we got we got summer fest we got yeah. uh we got uh, rick flair's last match we got uh two g1 events we oh got the new japan motor city riot i believe it's called or music, oh motor, music city riot is on pay-per-view this weekend okay uh which is largely the new japan junior division and some yeah. people from new japan strong thank you Shane. <laughs> so well, I, I don't think it's going to do a lot of buys let me get to UFC first because this UFC uh, 77 card, uh, this is, I think, going to be one of the best UFC cards for a casual fan in some time. It has a lot of up and coming names. They have the biggest part is they have the rematch between Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez, which was, mm-hmm. man, what a fight with Pena getting the upset. Maybe the biggest upset since Silva? Miranda? Yeah, Bronda probably. Yeah, yeah. It's a, so, it was a huge upset. That's going to be fantastic. The goat, right? Yeah, you have uh, Derek Lewis, who's been fantastic. He's going against Sergio Polich. Anthony Smith, who I'm enjoying watching, he's going against the one loss uh, Magnum Ankolov. Uh, Brandon Morono is going to against Kai Kara France. It is a it is a stacked UFC card uh, this Saturday. Yeah, you know, UFC can't book the outcomes. They can't, I mean, you know when you're booking a great match with FDR and the Briscoes. Yeah. You don't know for sure um, that a that a match is going to turn out in the UFC, no matter how much it looks like it on paper. And yet, when you look at their track record, 
it works out so often. Those guys yeah. know what they're doing. Well, I worked with Pena, right? In the story about Pena, I believe she was she had a baby and she left and she came back. Mm-hmm. And Nunez was just looking like she was never going to lose, much like kind of like how Ronda did. And it kind of shows like we've seen it, right? I think we kind of saw from everybody other than really GSP, like, you know, really fall from grace. At one point, you see everyone in USC fall from grace, right? Connor is, we'll see what happens. He broke his foot in that last fight. You saw Ronda fall. You saw uh, Randy Couture fall. You saw Iceman fall. Ortiz fall. Silva has fallen. Sooner or later, John Jones didn't really fall. John Jones, well, he did it to himself. (laughs) He did it to himself, but not in the the same way that you're talking about. There's already talk that Pena is the greatest of all time now, that she's the new GOAT. We're going to find out Saturday. We're going to find out. Yeah, it's, it's, this is probably the most excited about a UFC event I can remember. I have not been as excited about UFC for an event in some time. And I got a chance to see that, that event last time. It was great. So good card from UFC, Uh, but we're mainly a wrestling show. So let's talk about the fest. Let's go. All right. Um, I guess I'll just start off with the the, the elephant in the room and the unknown. Uh, that is that uh, Matt Riddle, I don't know what's going on. And if you guys know what's actually going on with him, speak up before I get to the, uh, after I'm done here. He's out. Not, he, sorry? The injury is not legit. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. I, maybe he has COVID. I don't know. Um, but he, he took a, a curb stomp on the steps. So he's out of the match. As we are recording right now, there is no match announced. Uh Seth put out a ton and cheat tweet, uh, and then Triple H did a tweet back saying, I hear you. The speculation is running wild that Seth is going to have a mystery opponent. So we're here we are again. One of the big pay-per-views, Seth Rollins is going to have a mystery opponent. There's a <laughs> lot of speculation on who that's going to be. Um, so just kind of get your guys' guess who it is. I pers- I think it's going to be Gargano, personally. But uh, interested in your guys' side. I'm guessing Braun Breaker. Mm. Yeah, so that's, Breaker. Just, that's just who I see. It. Could that be Gargano, be. but I guess Braun Breaker. Gargano would be awesome versus Seth. This is the only matchup really, like, I know it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I have plans that that Saturday night. I also have yeah, plans I Sunday. Yeah, I won't be watching miss- Sunday either. Yeah, I, I have plans Sunday as well. So, I mean, I okay. don't know when I'm going to be able to get around to this stuff. And then... I'm trying to keep up with G1 for crying out loud. And that's already impossible. Um, so, so you know, uh, this was the match I had the most interest in, though. I know the show itself will be entertaining. I would be entertained watching it. But this is the only match that had me going, oh, I want to see that. Number one, I think it'd be a really good match. Number two, I think both guys really need a clean win against a, against a big-time opponent yeah. really badly. So I was curious as to how they were going to get out of it. I was also scared to death they were going to, you know, do one of the BS finishes that we're so used to seeing where they don't, where they book themselves into a corner and don't know how to get out of it. Now that this is gone though, you know, a lot of the intrigue for me of the whole event is kind of the air's let out of the tires. So, so yeah, this, this kind of seems like you were talking about Joel, how Vince wrote the raw show, this SmackDown coming up on Friday, on Thursday, on Friday, and then SummerSlam feels like this is the official end of the Vince McMahon era. They'll kind of honor what these shows were by Vince. And then come Monday Night Raw, it's a whole new era of creative. So they'll just kind of go with the original plans were to SummerSlam, and then we're going to restart with 
uh, with him going out, who knows who they have planned for that spot. I'm assuming the, the rumor seems to be Gargano. Gargano is going to be at Starcast, so he's already in Nashville. So let the speculation kind of run rampant. That's that. I mean, there there's some people saying it was Cody. I'm like, there is zero percent chance. If there's less than zero that Cody will be back, it is less than zero. It will not be Cody. Maybe it'll be uh, Karrion Cross come back. Oh, Brandon, maybe. Uh, well, he's going to be in Nashville too. He's got a match on Sunday. So, uh, all right. So, just wanted to kind of get that out there. AJ's not on the show either. So, they could just say, screw it. Let's just do Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. I don't think many people are going to complain about seeing that match. No, I'd, I'd be into that. All right, um, so here is your matches. We have the Mysterios versus the Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley is going to be in the corner of the Judgment Day. She, uh, she was great on Raw this week, uh, taking, out, uh, taking out Ray and kind of being the muscle uh, for the Judgment Day. The Mysterios won clean for Ray's 20th anniversary on Raw. Two things are going to happen. This is either where we're going to see Edge return and he will take out the Judgment Day or the Judgment Day will just win, and we'll be saving the raw the the Edge return for a Raw. Or Ray turns on his son, and he Ray. turns. Interesting. That's not like, happening. He's got the mullet going, man. <laughs> he's got the mullet going, Dominic. I I think we're getting close to like you were never my real dad. I hope not. Uh, I really want it. I want it so bad. You don't even understand how bad I want it, and. Ray, for his 20th anniversary gift, got the Halloween Havoc uh, costume. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's going to wear that when he faces Dom for Eddie versus... Which is hilarious, because that match, of course, was 25 years ago. Yeah. 1996, actually. Yeah. October Ray's like, I lost it. How did you find it? It's like, it was hard. I'm like, how does Ray not have that Phantom of the Opera costume? Uh, the, yeah. Not Phantom of the Opera, the Phantom, the comic. But, uh, but it's, yeah, it's hilarious have... for his 20th anniversary, he gets something from 26 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have the Judgment Day winning. And, and Dominic turns. I think, I think you're right. Either, either, uh, either Edge shows up or I don't think Dominic's turning. I just don't think they're going to do that feud of, of Ray and his son. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. I just think Ray's too against it. So I don't mm. think we'll ever see it. But uh, I, I do have the Judgment Day winning, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, either Edge returns and they, or the Judgment Day wins and Edge returns on Bob. You got it. You nailed it. It's uh, it's, it's Rhea Ripley as as China. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm. We'll see how well that works out. Yeah. Joel. Uh, yeah, I imagine. I I think Edge returns here. Okay. I think it's probably the Edge return. And then we'll go from there. Uh, next up, we have Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin, or as McAfee likes to call him, bum-ass Corbin. Uh, <laughs> McAfee is just a tremendous talent this company has. In some ways, I almost feel bad for him that he has to face Corbin. I can't get excited about any match with Corbin. I just can't. The guy just, he's just, he just bores me. That said, McAfee is very charismatic. And, uh, you know, you, he... He's, his promos are very good, fiery, babyface promos. Mm -hmm. Old school, fiery, babyface promos. And uh, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't go over, that's a huge mistake. So yeah, I'm uh, assuming going with McAfee going over. You could, uh, you could see something by uh, Riddick Moss. 
uh, I could see come still maybe even helping out here because Moss has been getting a nice push on SmackDown here and there. Mm -hmm. So I just just to get to get him on the on the card. I see Pat winning. Joel. Yeah, I I, I think um, it's no longer Vince McMahon logic. Nope. Yeah, well, no. it might be for it might be for this card still. We don't know yet. If it's still Vince McMahon logic and they decide to honor, which would be crazy. Um, I think I think McAfee wins, but I wouldn't be shocked if Corbin won. Uh, I will save Bobby and Theory for the second last because I think that ties into the main event. Um, let's go to the women's matches. Uh, we'll go to Liv versus Ronda. I have no idea. I want to say Liv because I feel like they want to make a star out of Liv, but this feels very, very much like Edge winning money in the bank, and it was just trying to dip their toes in the water and see what this individual is like as champion and how they are received. So by that logic, I'll go back to Ronda and expect a lot of Charlotte rematches against Ronda coming in the next coming months here. Yeah, I, I feel like Liv probably drops the title here. This was a, a test run. And then... Say a successful one. Yeah, I think it's successful as well. Mon? Um, I think they probably go back to Rouse. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that there's a money match after Rousey for Liv. Um, I'm not sure. Whereas I think they think there's a money match for Rousey. Plenty of them, I, I think, yeah. is the way they, they... But who knows? Um. This to me, the, what's interesting about this is this is going to show the strength of WWE's what they do with their women mm -hmm. over what we saw on AEW Dynamite tonight, where they had two women and they just had them go out there and wrestle. Whereas the WWE will practice, 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 practice every spot, every minute, every move, every minute thing is gets practiced Especially to the point where the match usually overperforms. Mm -hmm. And I expect this match to overperform in the ring and to be a really good match. And it, it shows the strength of that system. I agree. Uh, speaking about great matches, a match that is a match of the year candidate that we've already seen from WrestleMania this year, Bianca Belair takes on Becky Lynch. Uh, so what's going to happen is Becky's not going to show up. And then Carmella's going to come down to the ring and say she wants to take her on. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Sasha's going to come out and Sasha's going to beat Belair in 30 seconds. How great would that be? It would be funny, but wouldn't it be funnier if it was Naomi? It'd be funny if it was Naomi. But uh, in all seriousness, I have uh, Belair winning this. I think one of the reasons I have Ronda winning is this is going to be the more of the, the default for Becky. She loses her chance against the title. Becky's probably going to win the Rumble and we'll start the slow babyface turn back to her probably around Survivor Series December time for her to have the rematch against Ronda at Mania. That could be. Uh, I mean, Ronda's complicated because she's, they, you know, I mean, even against a lift, it's like she's not booked like a heel, but you know she, she should be. be. She should be, but she isn't. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, she's not, she's going to get booed. And it, same thing against uh, Becky, you know, like you say, 
I don't see them any, booking Ronda like a heel at any point in time. So, I mean, it's, it's really strange. Um, I do think, I think you're probably right, Bianca wins. I'm not sure what's next for her, but there's still quite a few matchups for her, I think. Joe? Uh, I feel, feel as though Belair retains here, and then we just carry on with that. I think Becky's Becky can go with or without the title. I think Becky's in Becky can do whatever she wants at this point. And I just keep the title on Bella. Just keep her going. Yep. Give her a nice long run. Our second celebrity type of match, Logan Paul versus The Miz. We were all impressed by how Logan was in the ring. Not so impressed by what he has in his contract where he has to be a babyface because they tried everything the last two weeks. And I mean, it just, it's not working. He had like, he comes out. I don't know how much of you guys saw this. He comes down in Madison Square Garden, chugs half a Gatorade and chucks it into the crowd. And he has like this walk that's like, I just want to punch this guy in the face so badly. And he even just goes like, hey, what's up, New York City? And they booed him. Nobody likes this guy. He just has this perfect heel arrogance about him. And I think everybody knows it except for Logan. Yeah, his brother's coming in soon, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you can't get heat against the Miz, and the Miz tried, don't get me wrong, Miz tried. In some ways, I wonder, I mean, it's good they didn't do that Champa promo that has been taking over the internet that was unbelievable, the Champa promo. It's good that they didn't do that in front of the crowd because if they did that, I think they would have fully turned Miz. It's, again, it's like when the audience senses they're being manipulated, mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna fight it. Yeah. And the audience can sense you're trying to manipulate them into cheering for Logan Paul. So that's why it, you have a guy who's already unlikable. Then you have the idea that they're trying to manipulate you. So you hate that and you hate the guy. You got this this perfect storm of heat. Um, it's not go away heat though. I mean, it is want to punch, see somebody punch yep. in the face heat. It's the yep. right type of heat. It is. That's the crazy thing. But I know, yeah. I mean, the Miz. I mean, obviously Paul is going over, and uh, uh, yeah, Miz is very good at. Uh, he's he's the ample company man, and whatever is going to happen with him I, and Champa, I look forward to it. And it'll be fine. Miz matches are fine. They're two and a half stars every week. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Ciampa will probably get involved. Maybe this is where AJ gets involved because they did the backstage thing with Logan and AJ. So maybe this is where AJ gets involved in the in, in the show. Poor AJ having to get drugged into Logan Paul's bullshit. Um, but and look, I, I think everything that Logan has a persona, he has a chance to be one of the greatest wrestling heels ever. But it depends if he wants to do it and he doesn't see himself as bad because of his persona and the things that he shares and whatnot. He doesn't want to be a heel. And sooner or later, Hunter and some others are going to have to sit down and have a talk with him because this this (laughs) side is just not going to work. Joel? Um, Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. Like, it's... I'm, if this was Vince, I'd be like, oh, they're digging their heels in for as long as they possibly can. Now, I don't know if they're going to dig their heels in. They, and I don't know how Paul's going to respond when they're like, hey, this would work better if you did this. I don't know if he's going to be, oh, well, then screw this. I don't want any part of this thing. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I, I definitely think Paul wins. Miz will take a loss. It won't hurt the Miz at all because the Miz is perennially in his spot and he's good in his spot. So mm-hmm. you can just leave the Miz there. Uh, whether whether Paul finally what finally clicks uh, in terms of being like, okay, you should be heel. We'll see. He was a heel at Mania. So I don't understand why he he doesn't want to. Well, be. they wanted him to be a face though, and they still boot him in his hometown of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Okay, but my question for you guys is: Logan Paul, uh, his brother, Jake, uh, or sorry, Jake Paul, his brother, Jake Paul, yeah. is very comfortable being a heel. He has in his box matches. He's a heel. Yes, he is. You know, he's comfortable being that heel. Could you turn Logan? baby face by having him face chick that might be the best way to do it that might be their only way yeah mm. we'll see what happens yeah that and that could be the mania match it could be paul brother versus paul brother now that you bring that up yeah i could see that okay uh next up the match i'm very excited for uh we have the usos versus street profits for the undisputed take team champions with your special guest referee that's je double f J-A-R-R-E-T-T, Jeff Jarrett. Ha-ha, any great. As the special guest referee, a busy week for Double J. Uh, the first match these guys had back in Money in the Bank was unbelievable. It was so really, good. really good. It was a very good match. I think Meltzer gave it four and a half or 4.7. I, I gave it four and a half. Yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, you know, Dom... Ford has said that he has no intentions of turning single anytime soon. And maybe that's just to kind of, you know, keep the suspension off of everyone. I can't imagine that the Usos are going to lose yet. This would be one of the teams to do it with because, you know, you have, you know, the way that it seems like War Machine is maybe going to be back to what War Machine should be now that Hunter's there. That's a team that could possibly be facing the Street Profits, but I think for now, the belts are best led with the Usos, so I have the Usos winning this match and what should be another good match. See, the problem with this match for me is last time you proved you just didn't need any bells and whistles. You just need these two to go out there and have a hell of a match. Yeah. And these two teams, and they can go out there and have a hell of a match. Now you throw Jeff Jarrett in there. And the whole there's going to be an angle with Jeff Jarrett. I don't someone's know. Someone's getting hit by a guitar. Be. Yeah, someone's getting hit by a guitar. I don't know. Probably, you know, I don't know exactly what the angle is going to be, but it's going to put the focus on him at some point in the match instead of on these guys. Yeah. And it's going to take away from the match for me. I yeah. guarantee it. So uh, I think the Usos will win, but I, I, I'd be a lot more interested in this if they didn't have a special guest referee who I know is going to steal some of the spotlight. Yeah, Joel. Uh, Jeff Jarrett will steal absolutely steal some of the spotlight. Uh, this will be it, the all four guys will work hard. The Usos more than likely retain. Uh, I can't see anything changing with that quite yet. Uh, and I don't think we're going to see a breakup of the Street Profits yet. I think there's still a little bit of. I don't know. I just think there's going to be a little bit of time before they finally do split them off and let Montez. Oh. One question about those guys, I mean, when they do split them off or whatever, Angelo Dawkins doesn't seem to me like he'd be a good heel. Ford seems to me like he'd be a good heel. But they keep on face. They still 
fairly regularly refer to his wife, who's the biggest baby face in the women's division. So I don't, I, I get very confused by what direction they would go if, if they are going to split them up. A new day split, where it'd be like through the draft, where it'd be an amicable split. Well, we do have a draft that's coming up, but I don't know if we will have one or not. That could be. Maybe, maybe that could be a way for Hunter to reset a few things. Yeah, could be. Um, next up, second last match, uh, Bobby Lashley and Theory for the United States Championship. I'm going to say Lashley wins this because I think he's the most over face in the company right now. <laughs> could be. And I don't know what, because as Roman said, Theory's daddy's not there anymore. So... I don't know what the plans are for theory at this point. I don't know what the plans are, but I can tell you this because Vince McMahon's creative is still so heavily involved. Mm-hmm. It feels like SummerSlam is being built around him more than any other human being. Well, the first hour of raw was dedicated to theory. Yeah. He yeah. may have jobbed out and stuff, but he still took up the whole first hour of raw. He took up the first and he, he, he was all over SmackDown mm-hmm. on Friday, last Friday. And you know, yeah. he's, definitely this guy is uh, like it's it's about whether or not he's going to cash in that's what they're trying to sell this show on more than anything else 100%. will theory cash in and will he find will it finally end you know i mean it's crazy because i mean you, you feel like oh the guy would get squashed by either reigns or or less than two minutes but he could still be champion what does that do for your belt all it does is weaken it he doesn't have i don't it. know whatever it is theory does not have it no, no, he doesn't. Um, so yeah, it'd be foolish not to put it back on or not to keep the uh, put it back on Lash, I guess would be. You know who you reminds me of, Martin? And you're gonna laugh when I hear this name. Joel, you may remember this name because this guy, blinking and I miss it, he reminds me of Eric Escobar. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Eric Escobar, if you got a little bit more television time pretty much like good body okay promo but just kind of missing it yeah just doesn't update factor but but they believed uh theory was the next john cena how could you say he doesn't have it how dare you so i i have lashy winning this though because even if he does cash in that's the classic vince trip doesn't need he doesn't need that he doesn't need both belts no and like i said bobby's the most over I believe Bobby's the most overface in the company right now. I really, really do. Yeah, and so be. they probably want to still keep Bobby with that belt for now. So I have Bobby winning, Joel. Yeah, Bobby Bobby retains. I I think Theory, I think SummerSlam may be the last night you see a big push for Theory. Or maybe people behind the scenes also believe Theory is the next John Cena and digs their heels in more. It doesn't sound like Hunter does. I'm I'm very curious to see who's P- Hunter's pet project. That's why I think the yeah, earlier pit. I Breaker. think. Would you say one breaker? That's why I was going to say Morton and is, Gable and and Gable as well. Maybe yeah. I I I'd lean more towards Breaker. Uh, and then we have our main event. Oh, and I guess I should note too on all this. Sheamus and Drew were having a good old Donnybrook match on SmackDown. Smackdown. Uh, and the winner of that will be the champion at the UK show. I'm assuming that's Drew. 
So I, I will say based on that, I don't think there will be a cash in because I think the cash in, if it happens, will be at the UK show. I don't think it happens on some respect. I, you press the entire fail. show around that cash in. If you don't have it, yeah. I guess he could come out, act like he's going to cash it in, yeah. get laid out and actually never cash it in. I guess yeah, you it could, could be a the, failed cash in. Switch. I, and I, that's where I'm leaning towards. I think this is going to be a bait and switch a bait switch i think they're gonna because it'll be a last man standing match they'll beat the piss out of each other roman retains and then i i think theory comes in cashes in and then roman superman punches him grab or he goes to grab roll uh roman to set him up for whatever his finisher is and then roman puts him in the the chokehold and then that's the end so of you it. have a you have a failed cash in then joel yep i would i, have, I could agree with that I think I'd rather see Lesnar versus McIntyre. Um, mm, rematch. I, I personally. WrestleMania rematch. Yeah, the WrestleMania rematch, but this time in front of, you know, like a You know a what? That's a good point because then Drew gets his moment in front of his in front of his people. Yeah. Plus, I mean, honestly, if you're going to put the belt on somebody who's not going to be there much, if you're, if you're looking at everything equally right now, I think Lesnar's going to be around more than Reigns. You're you know? talking me into this because I actually like that idea for Drew of winning in the UK and getting the moment that was raw for him because of COVID. Yeah, so this time... I'm, okay, I'm into that. You're talking me into that. I think Roman's going to win, but I am definitely rooting for Brock now because I want that moment. I think Roman was going to win too, but I would book it that other way and I'm hoping that's I think the way you're it right. goes. And you have a failed cash-in as well? Yeah, I have a failed cash-in. Uh, uh, I don't have a failed cash-in. I have a... A uh, looks like he's going to cash it in. Never does. Never hits. Gets laid out before he he actually cashes in. So he still has. It. I, I think Theory is going to hold on to the briefcase for a while. Personally, uh, my gut is saying Roman is going to win this, but at some point, the, and the thing is too now, Roman has had this title for seven hundred days, so someone that beats him should be getting the momentum off of it, realistically. And I don't know if that guy should be Brock, but all of a sudden, I mean, it adds the escalades of Brock that he beat John Cena in three minutes. He ended the Undertaker streak and he ended Roman's uh, title reign too. So I guess you add to Ro to Brock's stats overall. But considering this was supposed to be Randy Orton there, I'm assuming they're just going to do the same booking there and it'll have Roman winning. But I love your idea, Mon. Yeah, I hope they go that direction. All right, so there is SummerSlam. Uh, like like Martin said, like it, it is an entertaining show, to say the least. All right, let's get really quickly. We'll kind of breeze by this, uh, this Ric Flair's last match. So we have a, a Bunkhouse Battle Royal. And Martin, I haven't looked this up, but I keep on hearing this a lot on the Jarrett pods and the Bischoff pods and all the Conrad pods. What is a Bunkhouse match? Uh, it's a Battle Royal with weapons allowed basically okay. okay at least if at least if it's doing it the way that uh originally was done i mean dusty roads it's a dusty roads match is his invention i can't remember which uh when they used to do a tour and they used to do like great american bash was a tour and uh the, the bunkhouse stampede match was like uh you know one of the uh usually like the main event or, so there would be like six of them and a guy would essentially be the champion of the bunkhouse Whoever won the most would be the champion of the bunkhouse battle royal at the end of the tour, right. and that would always be Dusty because he came up with the match and he was Dusty. <laughs> of course, 
Yes, it is, baby. Uh, all I know for people that are in this is Bully Ray's in this. I could see him winning. Yeah, I'm sure if, if that's the rules, I could see a Tommy Dreamer or Brian Majors, some, some of those type yeah. of people. Yeah. Uh, we have a New Japan Young Lions match. Uh, Ken Narita versus Yuro Yamaria. Just quick, just give me your guys' thoughts on the match and winners as we'll breeze by on this. Well, I mean, it should be a really good match. This it was supposed be very... to be Curtis Connors, but he is hurt, I believe, now. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a very, very solid, I mean, very technically, perfectly rustled technical match. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, we have a legacy match. We have Ricky and Kerry Morton with Robert Gibson. It's Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson in the corner. Ricky Morton. I mean, Robert Gibson not in the ring anymore. Ricky Morton not giving yeah. up the ghost. No. God, he was great in his day, though. Uh, uh, you better put over Pillman Jr. and, and Brock Anderson, though. I agree. Yeah. Uh, K- Killer Cross with Scarlett Bordeaux against Davy Boy Smith. Junior. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting for Junior, that one. Uh, and this is when the card starts. Well, let's get to. Will that this be way. any good? I mean, Davy Boy Smith is is a, a great technical wrestler, but has like no charisma. And Karen no, Costa, he does not. I I just saw him in person at at uh, Dungeon, and Raj no came charisma. out with with Gama, and Gama Gama sucked out. Any Gama was fantastic. Gama Singh was the best. Great Gama uh, is awesome. And Raj is obviously Raj has stuff, but Davy Boy came out. <laughs> He does not have anything. No. No. I mean, it's, it's curious. I, I actually will give it to Vince on that one for not seeing it there. Because he didn't. He did. He was good in the ring. Like actually, said, Vince, Vince is the one who looked at it and said, we have this legacy wrestler. Why don't we have something for him? He's, mm-hmm. He said that on a plane ride once. Oh, geez. So. Because he has the charisma of a Q-tip. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is going to be a great match. The and they, uh, I don't think they've ever faced off against each other. This is according to Conrad the American Wolves versus the Motor City Machine Guns. I don't think they've ever faced each other either. Yeah, I don't think their paths ever would have. When you look at their career trajectories, and I don't think they ever would have. Uh, wasn't Davy Richards out of wrestling for a bit too? Oh, yeah, he was, and that's what yeah. I was about to say. I mean, I, wasn't he working as a paramedic or something like that? Yeah, firefighter or something like that. Yeah, and like, Saban has been injured for a while too. I, I. I bet you he's there all they'll all be in shape though. Uh, it's oh, probably yeah. gonna be a killer match. This is on this card probably the match I'm the most excited for is that match. Yeah, it should be really good. Uh you have a triple threat match. You have Ray Phoenix, Bandino, Laredo Kid, and Taurus. That's gonna be freaking wicked. Isn't it a four-way? Uh yeah. Sorry, I said four-way. Triple A. I said triple A four-way. Uh yeah. Bandino this week, by the way, on that ROH show, uh, that headbutt to Roosh onto the table is one of the nuttiest spots I've ever seen. Oh, that was Dragon Lee, not Bandino. Dragon Lee, sorry, that was just mental. Yes, that was that was that was insane. Yeah, I, <laughs> that I, match was really good. That was a really good match. Roosh has had two really good matches. Yes, yes. yes. Him and his Vapnir are pretty good. Yeah. I love that Regal's like, I want it in my other company, but he's too violent. <laughs> uh, we have another four-way match. We have Mr. Unprofessional, Jonathan Grisham, against Alan Angels, against one of the rising stars of the Indies and Nick Wayne, against Takashita. Oh, 
the Takashita, he's just every time he's wrestled on AEW, he has impressed me. Yeah. And I, it's a, I, I know he's going over to Japan for uh, the Peter Pan show, but he's, he's been fantastic. He's, he's the one I'm most excited to see in that four way. That's going to be another really good four way. I mean, mm-hmm. he is, uh, he's getting great reactions from the crowd too. And it's one of those just reactions where it's clear the crowd is just reacting because they recognize how good he is. And he's, he's got good size great athlete and is is i mean he's just you can tell he's schooled so well you can you know you can just tell that so uh yeah i mean i hope he gets the win i don't know if he will probably gresham will be demanding he gets the win but hey i'm excited about nick i've heard so much about nick wayne and i haven't seen nick wayne wrestle yet it's just a kid man it's just a kid is this is this the one is this a 16 year old that's going they got the aw deal I believe so. I, I I think so. Yeah. Joel. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, so I'm very because and he just had a match against Osprey, right? Did he? I didn't even know that. I so. Yes, I believe he did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then for the first time ever, the Briscoes against the Von Erichs. Well, the Von Erichs kids who are in MLW. I haven't got to see these Von Erichs because I don't watch MLW. It's too much wrestling. Can't watch everything, but I'm very excited to see this this Von Erich team uh, against the Briscoes, who had like we just talked about had maybe the match of the year just about a week ago yeah the briscoes i mean this will be interesting to see just how good they are to in in when they're not working with a team like fdr because yeah. the fun erics they're not that good you've seen them i have yet? i have seen them yeah. they're they're i mean it was a while ago so they might have improved it's like three years ago i saw them at yeah. least but not very good so we'll we'll see how this goes we have a better, better lose. We have a ladies uh, triangle match uh, for the Impact Championship. It's Deanna Perrazzo against the champion Jordana Grace against Rachel Ellering. I think Rachel Ellering is going to go over here. Makes sense. It's a Crockett show. Exactly. Yeah. Joel, any thoughts on that one on the championship there? I think that's that's spot on. What happens? Uh, then we have the Impact World Title. And we have Josh Alexander from Impact against MLW's Jacob Fought 2. I have not seen much of Jacob Fought 2 because, again, do not have time to watch MLW other than maybe a video here and there. But I've heard a lot of great things about Jacob Fought 2, and I'm very excited to get a chance to see him. Um, I've seen him a few times. He really is pretty damn awesome. Nice. Um, Let's put it this way. He's a guy you're going to see him. And you're going to be wondering how the hell he's not in one of those two big companies. How the hell is he not, not only not in one of those big two companies, but one of those two big two companies getting a real serious push, particularly WWE. Feels like a WWE guy. Especially with that last name. Especially with that last name. Uh, I say Josh Alexander wins, though, but it just showcase off of that, too. Which is, yeah, I mean, and Josh Alexander is pretty awesome. So, I yes, mean, I, I don't mind him. I don't mind him winning, but it should be a really good match again. I mean, a really Brandy's card. Brandy's not an AW anymore, so they can't get Josh Alexander like she wanted. <laughs> it is, and it is a very deep card. Joel, I have a question for Martin before we get to the main. But your thoughts on who wins the Impact title match? Oh, it's Josh Alexander. Uh, before we get to the main, Martin, uh, and yeah, we're winding down here on the pod, but this is kind of the the last like the ECW one night stand for Jim Crockett promotions. They never really got their farewell. 
and more than definitely Joel and I, you obviously have much uh, bigger thoughts of Jim Crockett promotion. So just kind of share just kind of your thoughts on the promotion and some of your favorite thoughts from Jim Crockett before we get to the, the finale here, of the main event. Oh, geez. That's see, I mean, it, where I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, TBS wasn't around until I think about 1990. Yeah. So, I mean, really where we had to see Jim Crockett, where we got to watch and, and know about Jim Crockett and Ric Flair and all, all these guys was from two things. When, when you found a video store that brought in wrestling tapes, which mm -hmm. not every store did, no. especially the ones from, you know, the NWA and, and Jim Crockett promotions. And when you would, uh, obviously the PWI, the after magazines, um, the after magazines probably being the best source of information about that stuff. But I remember getting two events. It was the Great American Bash Tour, um, which had Nikita Koloff versus Dust, or Dusty Rhodes and, uh, and um, just, the, the, just being blown away by, like they had uh, the best match I probably can think of as a kid. My favorite match was probably from Jim Crocker promotions would have been uh, Ric Flair defending against Barry Winton. And they had a series of incredible matches. And even the after magazines called it wrestling the way it should be. And, and, you know, everybody was raving about it in the same era. They were raving about uh, the dragon versus Randy Savage at mania. And don't get me wrong. That was a great match, but it was not on the same level as this. Like this was just wrestling at a, at a, the way like it was rustling the way it should be it really was and, and what really got me about it was it was obvious they had bigger stars and a deeper roster and uh you know a slightly better production but it felt very much like stampede rustling in that it had that raw kind of grittiness that 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 uh you know the old smoky uh, bingo hall feel to it. Um, and I mean that in a good way. As much as Vince McMahon talks about how he took the wrestling out of that, I miss that to a degree. You know, Stampede Wrestling was in the, uh, you know, the kind of, yeah, the, well, not in the corral, actually. I mean, it was in the, uh, what do you call it again? I can't even remember oh, the, the name pavilion. of the pavilion. Pavilion, thank you. It was yep. in the pavilion, yeah. I mean, where they do the auctions for, for cows. You know, and it had that 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 feel, that raw, grimy feel, and Crockett Promotions had that because the the heat from the crowds was so real. Those people still believe wrestling was real. It wasn't cartoonish at all. Um, but it's really interesting. The thing is, if you go back and watch some Jim Crockett Promotions from 1987, the thing that will blow you away more than anything right now is if you watch them would be you'd went, wow, they didn't have a steroid policy. Because while people talk about the, the size of the performers in WWE, they, they followed suit pretty quickly. And, and boy, they got a lot of really big muscle. Nikita guys. Koloff, for example. Nikita Koloff, the powers <laughs> of pain. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, just... Road Warriors. Uh, yeah, I mean, even when well. you see... Uh, well... <laughs> Even when you see uh, Smash before he got to WWE and yeah. he was rushing as, I can't remember his name, Crusher, Khrushchev or something like that. Yeah. Like he's rushing as a wrestler and you see him and he's like 10 times more jacked. Well, look at Magnum too, right? Smash. Magnum was huge. People don't yeah. realize it. 
So yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, all good memories of Jim Crockett promotions for me. Uh, and that brings us to oh, our main event. Oh, and yep. and oh, the Crockett Cup. Mm. Damn, was that solid. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun. A lot of good memories from Jim Crockett. I'm very happy for them. Like even, you know, you hear someone like Conrad Tom. And before I get to the main event, I got to give, you know, Conrad a round of applause. Like, you know, everything that's going to happen to StarCast this week. There's a lot of good stuff that's going to happen to StarCast this week. But for someone that's never built a wrestling show before, a, a, you know, he, he, you know, this guy's just a mortgage guy. And the way he's been able to build up a podcast empire and now build this show, it helps your father-in-law is Ric Flair. But, you know, Pretty impressive from Codran Thompson for the entire event that he's building up this week for SummerSlam. I got to give him a lot of credit. Um, and then the main event. Um, show's called Ric Flair's Last Match for a reason. And I know all of us are a little uncomfortable about that part of it for this main event. Is the Ric Flair of it all? Uh, but it will be Ric Flair teaming up with his son-in-law, Andre, Andrade Ilolo, against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. The buildup to this has been one of my favorite buildups in professional wrestling in the last decade. From everything from Jeff just being a heel and an asshole on the on keeping kayfabe on the podcast that they've been doing, to the video doc series that they've been doing, the build has been so good. And as I was talking to Martin about, I don't really know how you look at Flair as a face in this, just from the way they build everything up. Uh, but there is a lot of unease about Flair stepping in the ring, and I wish he would have just left it with retiring with Sean. So I hope that we see more Andrade in this match and Jarrett and Lethal than we do Flair. And I think we'll all we'll see from Flair is him getting in there, doing a chop and maybe a face flop. I don't see him taking any serious bumps. Do the figure I, four I to Jarrett, not. and that's how it'll end. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think I, and I hope he doesn't. But to tell you the truth, that almost makes it worse. It's, it's like sad. It's like when you see these guys at the end of their career, you know, I remember like seeing, you know, you see a pitcher come back, try and come back and they just don't have it anymore. And a sad or a hockey player comes back after a few years back, like Guy Lafleur did, you know, and you're just like, it's just sad to see. And um, the fact that he's not going to be able to do much almost makes this more sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still worry about his health. Then there's the whole thing of this guy who, you know, uh, seven months ago, was um, persona non grata everywhere. Yep. The very idea for a reason, for, for a, a reason. reason, a legitimate reason that this guy is getting his flowers in this way, and that we're we're shoveling all that his behavior under the table because he was just Ric Flair, yeah, just Flair being Flair, just Nate, like Tommy Dreamer said, it's just the Nate, it's just the Nate kind of makes me a little sick so that's the part that makes me uncomfortable giving them my money even though i really like the card it's 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 the two things is a i worry about the guy's health i, I legitimately mm-hmm. scared for him in case he does too much and b i don't think this guy should be getting this kind of any praise honestly I would agree with you. I mean, I've been very, the, my favorite part of this whole thing is re-engaging my love of Jeff Jarrett. Uh, part of it, like the pod with Jeff Jarrett the last two weeks and going to Conrad and then the one that they had this week with Jerry Jarrett playing heel was awesome. I just love kayfabe shit like that still. It's still great to have that kayfabe side. And 
having a few wrestling fans that I, you know, have been don't watch AW and don't watch the product anymore, but have kind of been following along with this and listening to the pod and watching the build up. They've kind of echoed what you said, Martin. I don't really like the flair side of it all, but everything with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and the card, it's great. It's just unfortunate the flair has to be part of it because of it's watching because Dark Side of the Ring. That it's happening. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's it's so weird because, like, I mean, Jeff Jarrett for me, like the GCW card that we all saw that that had like the Briscoes in the main event and yeah. had you know Moxley against I can't remember who he faced. Oh, and it was him versus Effie. Was it him versus Effie? Yeah. No, I don't. No, that was yeah. Jarrett versus Effie, wasn't it? it was, yeah, Jarrett, it was Jarrett versus, versus Effie. Effie, and Jarrett went over, and Joel and I yeah. like, why is Effie not winning this match? But I thought Jarrett was the best part of that show. Of course, like, he, he was. was great. I thought he yeah. was an awesome heel. Yeah. He had totally reinvented himself as this, yeah. this, this dark, like, cowboy villain. That's know? what I'm saying, Morton. He he has the best persona in this entire feud. It's a guy that went to rehab for his alcoholism and saying mm-hmm. that Flair's a piece of shit and he has an alcohol issue and gets away with stuff. I'm like, yeah, like everything Jared's saying is the truth. It's and true. all the reasons that we hate, like I would love for Jared to be the one or lethal. And then Jay Lethal, who's the longest running television champion of all time by any, by any matrix of professional wrestling grand scheme. If you put Andrade's career against Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal's career is far superior than Andrade's career. Like, this is a guy that should have been on the top of this card, right? And looked up to mm-hmm. Flair and all that kind of stuff. Like, Flair just looks like a piece of shit more than, you know, we already kind of perceive him on this podcast of that, but the way they built it up is like, Flair really looks like a piece of shit. Like, why would you want this guy to win? But it's his last match. It's Flair. He's going to get a massive reaction. And you would think, how big though, a crowd? How big a live crowd are they supposed to have? Uh, it's barely sold out. Yeah, so how big is that? Uh, I, I had the number. I've heard it on the podcast a million times. I can't remember. But you would think, too, Flair being the old school guy that he was would go on his back and let Lethal have the win. Right? Like being his mentor to Lethal and everything like that. But Flair is such an egotistical asshole that he's going to want the moment for himself. It's tough, you know. I mean, I think that it would be it's the right thing to let Lethal win. But yeah. the crowd might turn oh, on. Oh, the them. crowd will they boo the shit up. Flair has to win because of the crowd. Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because I it, his very last match, I have to check Cage side. Can't be bothered right now, but his last match before this was against Foley, I believe. No, I Impact. think it was against Hogan in, in Australia. Okay, I'll check here. Uh Joel, um, you haven't said much. Yeah. Joel, what do you think about the, the match and the winner? I'm not gonna be watching it. I'm died. I have no interest in potentially seeing a man die in the ring. And I have, yeah, no, it's I as great as this card is at the very crux. The reason this show is happening is Ric Flair and it's have and everything from the dark side of the ring. Uh, any other stories we've heard of flair. I just, I have no interest in giving them money. This is, this is essentially just to me, I perceive this as collecting, more money for alimony because he's got to he's got to have that money to make those payments <laughs> could like, be uh his last match ever was against sting oh was it yeah see the, and that's is that in tna it's in tna september 12 2011 that's where you could have let it you don't have to do this 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 isn't needed you have a pacemaker just and, just he didn't have a pacemaker then i'm curious when did he face hulk hogan in, in australia 
It's got to be. That was in 2009. Hogan won every single one of those matches, too, by the way. Of course he did. <laughs> Can't go. Uh, and, and Sting Sting did beat Flair for the final match. In many ways, it would have been, as much as I have liked the story of where the Lethal and the Jared stuff has gone and what they've done, it would have made so much more sense for Sting to be the final opponent because Sting was his last match in WCW. Now knowing this, Sting was his last opponent in TNA. Sting to be the last opponent because when you think of Flair, arguably his greatest opponent is Sting. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that make the argument for Dusty and maybe some people make the argument for Harley or maybe some people make the argument for Steamboat. To me, <coughs> it's, it's Sting. But I can understand the other arguments for those guys. Hello? Yeah. I hey, I was... broke Josh. Did I oh, break I him? did. I just okay, said no, I was, I was just saying um, it's still recorded on my end, so that's the good part. Um, I was saying, you know, I wish it would have made a lot more sense for his last match to be against Sting because that was his last match in WCW was against Sting, and I would say in TNA, that was the last match. Arguably, Sting is his greatest rival of all time. I'm sure people would say Dusty. Sure, people might say Steamboat. Some people may say Harley, uh, but I think it's Sting. Yeah, it's Wyndham um, oh. for in-ring work. To me, it's okay. Wyndham, even yeah. though Steamboat number two, as far as in-ring work. Um, see, the problem with Sting is then Ric Flair would have to be the heel, which he would probably love, and you know. But the whole point is not that. He's, I mean, it's his last match, mm -hmm. so he can't be the heel. But against Sting, he would have to be a heel, unless it was the two of them against somebody, and that wouldn't work either. Yeah. But I agree with Joel. I'm, I mean, I really want to watch this event. I'm not going to pay for it. Will I see it somehow? Maybe if things line up. Will I watch the main event? No, I'll probably watch the show until the main event, then turn it off. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not, and I think even, you know, I will say the one cool thing is Conrad has been cool with that. He understands people with that. He's even said, like, if you don't feel comfortable watching it, don't have to watch it. He's like, the rest of the card is going to be a great card for everyone else to enjoy. Uh, I'm going to watch the whole show. I'm going to watch the main event. I've been intrigued by the build of everything. And uh, if Flair dies in the ring, I'm not going to be upset about it because this is probably what the guy wants and he set himself up for it as cold as that is i kind of the nature of where this is all kind of gone right my question for you will we see charlotte on camera will charlotte be there she'll be there um her dad I mean, and her husband are wrestling when in the doc in the dock in the in the build-up in those 20 minute youtube videos the the best we, we did get charlotte footage but that was of of the wedding which obviously they have rights to that, right? Yeah. So I would, I mean, it depends. I mean, this is the first car. This is the real Forbidden Door show, right? There is talent represented from every single company on this show. So uh, I would assume that the perimeters will be a little bit loosened for this. I mean, the fact that, you know, I know Jeff isn't talent, uh, but you would just assume back in the day, you know, stuff like this still wouldn't have happened right like we weren't we were we let's just say there was an nwa uh like reunion show or something like that they wanted adam pierce or any champions there i don't know if that would have been the case you know so jeff being yeah. on this show is still 
things had to happen for Jeff to be on the show, even though he's not talent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. right. Um, I I could see them. I could see a Britt Baker situation where they say they didn't know it was her. True. Uh, Okay, (laughs) let's go to the other thing that uh, Mon talked about before we get out of here. Uh, New Japan Music City Mayhem. I'm just going to run through the matches really quickly here. So we have a six-man tag match, FTR versus Alex Zane and the United Empire uh, uh, with uh, against uh, Fred Ye, Yumo, Urema, Kevin Knight, Ren Niata, and the DKC. Oh, man. This is hurting. I'm sure these guys are all talented enough. I don't really watch New Japan Strong much, yeah. but uh, but boy, just I'm just hearing these. I'm like, this is this is a pay per view. You're asking people to pay. Yeah, it's twenty one bucks on fights. Um, you have a New Japan Strong open weight match. You have Fred Roser. Either one of you guys know who Fred Roser is? Yeah, he used to be Darren Young. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you. Uh, he's facing Big Damo. So that should be a good match. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have the time splitters against one another. Alex Shetty versus Kushida. That so should be biz- absolutely wicked. Busy yeah. week for Mr. Shelley. Yeah. Um, then that you have the MLW Nation open white match. You have Davey Richards versus Rocky Romero. So a busy week for Davey Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Takahashi sure, versus... pretty damn good. Yes, it would be. Then you have Takahashi versus Blake Christian. Okay. Well, Hiromo. Uh, yep, and then your main event is John Moxley versus El Desperado. I'm a big fan of El Desperado. I've really come around on that guy. I think he's one of the most underrated workers in the world, and he's big for a junior heavyweight. So I mean, he probably could move up to the to the big division. He had an incredible match in the New Japan Cup first round when he was champion against Okada when he was champion. He yep. was just wicked, and Moxley's been killing it having great mm-hmm. matches against everybody. So, I mean, I'm sure it'll be great. And Moxley's uh, obviously, the whole draw is Moxley. They're, anything they get is because of Moxley and his popularity. But what, I mean, it's just been a poor job promoting this anyways. And there's just not much star power and everything else is going on. Mike, I mean, over, under 1,000 buys. Under. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just think because you have SummerSlam and you have Flair's last match. Uh, and this is happening, you know, this is happening before Flair's last match at one o'clock. I mean, if you're really a wrestling fiend, sure. But yeah, um, yeah I can't imagine. But, then I think, you, but there's going to be, like I say, there's G1 events you could watch on New Japan World if you're a wrestling yeah, fiend at exactly. the same time. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's. They should have made yeah. this a free event. I actually think, I think they would have had more attention to it instead of making it a pay-per-view. Yeah. Would have been a, would have been a smart move uh and then to wrap up uh mutton big any big things to keep an eye on for for the g1 this week you're just you're just I, trying to keep up i've i've not seen any of the g1 i've not uh, seen that that sucks it has been it, it, it's still fun it's not as good as it has been in past years so far but it's still really fun um the the best part probably is that kenta has a book out and he keeps on talking about how he's not going to use this platform to promote the book and then he'll have like somebody walk out and accidentally drop the book right in front of him or something, or he'll turn around and have the book stuffed into his pants and they'll put a close up. It's just hilarious. Kenta's 
so entertaining in uh, New Japan. Um, Hideo Itami, not entertaining. No. No. I mean, maybe we'll get our Punk and Kenta match down the road. It's, it sounds like the G1's been great, but it's just a lot this year, right? It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, there you go, everyone. Uh, it is a busy week ahead. Like we said, you have UFC, you have Ric Flair's last match, you have New Japan Strong, you have the G1, you have Friday Night SmackDown coming up, you have Rampage coming up. So if you're a fan of professional wrestling, this week is for you. Yeah. And Joel, for the G1, watch El Fantasmo versus Osprey. And okay. watch Juice yeah. Robinson versus Finley. Oh. And probably every EC match. Send me, then, send then, me you're, a list. then you're fine. Send me a list, Morton, and I'll watch them. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for checking us out here on One Fall. Until next time, folks, cheers. Goodbye. And good night. Bang.